Our gospel lesson this day comes from the 10th chapter of John, starting in verse 11. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. When the hired hand sees the wolf coming, he leaves the sheep and runs away. That's because he isn't the shepherd. The sheep aren't really his. So the wolf attacks the sheep and scatters them. He's only a hired hand, and the sheep don't matter to him. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep, and they know me just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. I give up my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that don't belong to this sheep pen. I must lead them too. They will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock with one shepherd. This is why the Father loves me. I give up my life so that I can take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I give it up because I want to. I have the right to give it up, and I have the right to take it up again. I receive this commandment from my Father. Friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O oh Lord, let the words of my mouth and the thoughts and meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, for you, O oh Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Have you ever done something dumb because the property that you were over was not your responsibility? In college, I lived in a newer dorm my sophomore year. I was on the second floor of this four-story building, and one weekend in the cold Indiana winter where it snowed this past week, we picked up a 100-foot tarp from Home Depot and a whole bottle of Dawn dish soap and we made the fastest slip and slide down the hall that you could ever imagine. It was a great rollicking time racing up and down the hallway, putting towels and blankets at the end so we wouldn't crash through the windows. To this day, my buddies and I still share stories of that slip and slide. The next day, we heard that there was some leaking coming from the ceilings of the first floor. I wonder what caused such a thing. Surely not the gallons of water being poured onto the floor above from above the night before. Perhaps you weren't as irresponsible as me, but I think many of us can think of a time where we were reckless with something because it wasn't our own. I did not have to handle the responsibility of the leaking ceilings in the dormitory hall. I didn't get in any trouble for the slip and slide. Jesus says that the hired hand sees a wolf coming to the sheep and ditches the sheep. He feels no responsibility or ownership of those sheep because they are not his own. He is not going to risk his life for those sheep. It's just a paycheck for the hired hand. Jesus contrasts himself to this hired hand as the model shepherd, or the good shepherd. Psalm 100, verse 3 proclaims, Know that the Lord is God, it is he who made us, and we are his. We are his own people and the sheep of his pasture. The character of our God is that God calls us as his own. He takes full responsibility for us, making sure that we are safe and cared for. This image of God as the shepherd is used throughout all scripture. Sheep and goats, after all, were the most common livestock of the day in the biblical world. Nearly everyone had direct contact with sheep and goats on a daily basis. 
so we can study and unpack this image more to see what it means for us and tells us about Jesus, who claims to be our model shepherd. You see, we want to lead, but Jesus gets out in front. You may have heard before that sheep are dumb animals. That's one of a preacher's favorite things to say and act like they are the shepherd leading the dumb sheep. Of course, this also isn't true because the only shepherd is Jesus in this story, and I'm a sheep, just like the rest of you. You see, the people who thought that sheep were dumb were used to working with cattle. Cows can be herded and led from behind. So cowboys will ride their horses behind the cows, and the cows will herd together. Those cattle herders will get frustrated working with sheep because if they try to come from behind a group of sheep to herd them, the sheep just scatter. They don't fall into line like the cattle. This is because sheep need to be led from the front. Sheep won't go anywhere their shepherd hasn't gone first. And how does Jesus lead then as the good shepherd? He leads it off with this description today. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. In this passage, very brief though it is, Jesus tells us three times that he will lay his life down, that he will give up his life for the sheep. This is what true shepherd leadership looks like, quite different from the hired hand. When the wolf comes, the hired hand runs away. The good shepherd takes the wolf attack for us and saves us. In Ezekiel 34, we get an extended metaphor of God describing the shepherds of Israel. This passage surely would have been in Jesus' mind as he described the good shepherd. It also would have rung in his audience's minds. Listen to what God says to the shepherds through Ezekiel. He says, The Lord God proclaims to the shepherds, doomed to Israel's shepherds who tended themselves. Shouldn't shepherds tend the flock? You drink the milk, you wear the wool, and you slaughter the fat animals, but you don't tend the flock. You don't strengthen the weak, heal the sick, bind up the injured, bring back the strays, or seek out the lost. But instead, you use force to rule them with injustice. The verdict is that these shepherds of Israel tended themselves and didn't tend to their sheep. Ezekiel goes on to describe how the sheep had all scattered and become food for wild animals, quite the opposite of the good shepherd, leading his sheep along, giving up his life on behalf of the sheep. Here's the issue. As sheep, we might think that we want to lead, that we want to take charge of our lives. But God comes as the good shepherd, leading us through our lives and protecting us. Not only do we think that we know how to lead our lives, but we often try to head off in our own direction, even when we know it's not the right thing to do. Isaiah 53 famously says, Like sheep we have all wandered away, each going its own way. When we want to head off in our own way, the good shepherd gathers us in. The shepherd's staff is long, with that crook at the end of it, to bring the stray sheep back into the fold. It's interesting that in Psalm 23, we read that thy rod and thy staff, they comfort 
me. Our good shepherd keeps us in the fold, watches over us, and works tirelessly to pull us back into the fold. When Jesus describes the parable of the shepherd when describing God, he talks about the shepherd leaving the 99 sheep in order to go look for just the one. And the shepherd celebrates when he returns home with that sheep. Jesus says that he knows each one of his sheep and that his sheep know him. In that same passage from Ezekiel 34, God's anger turns against Israel's shepherds, and then it turns into a love for his own sheep. God himself becomes the shepherd in this story. Hear what God says about his flock. The Lord God proclaims, I myself will search for my flock and seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out the flock when some in the flock have been scattered, so will I seek out my flock. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered during the times of clouds and thick darkness. Even when the flock is scattered, God goes out searching for God's sheep. This is wonderfully good news for us. Because even if the shepherd is leading me, I find myself off the path from time to time. Some of us have wandered very far from the path in our lives. We may have loved ones who we feel like all hope is lost, but the good news of the shepherd is that no one is ever too far gone. Jesus, our shepherd, is pursuing us and calling us back. He never gives up on us, and he never lets up. The shepherd doesn't just rescue us and then let us go on our way. No, the shepherd rescues us back into the fold. Jesus gathers us into community. So the good shepherd can call the other sheep who don't belong to this sheep pen, and he will make one flock with one shepherd. The shepherd knows us personally first. He knows my name and your name and has called me and he has called you. And then he creates relationship with the other sheep for us. He has made us as communal beings. We are formed for relationship with one another. There is no such thing as an isolated sheep. An isolated sheep is a dead sheep. Jesus has a oneness, a unity with his sheep. Just as the Father has a unity with the Son, and the Son has unity with the Father, Jesus wants his sheep to have this same oneness, this same unity with one another. This is the gathering work of the Good Shepherd. This is why the staff of our shepherd comforts us. It's because we need to be pulled back in to God's community. Right now, in this time where we are awaiting this pandemic to be over, we recognize that we all need to be pulled back into the fold of the Good Shepherd. Oh, it's not that any of us doesn't know Jesus or is definitively walking away, but we are going to have to relearn the value of church community. Even if we don't attend in person for some time, we're going to have to check in with our church family and learn how to care for each other, for we are not called to live in isolation. We need our fellow sheep to keep us following the shepherd together. Friends, Jesus, the good shepherd, gets out in front, laying his life down and gathers us in. The good shepherd does the work. We 
receive it. We, the sheep, simply follow and are gathered in. We want it to be more than that. We want to somehow achieve our acceptance with God. But as theologian Paul Tillich said, we need to learn to accept that you're accepted. In Jesus, the good shepherd, you belong. You are loved. You are accepted. Friends, this is very good news. You don't have to take the lead and figure it out yourself. God takes the lead and comes to you. And you don't have to stray in order to find your way. But God beckons you, calls you, leading you back with his staff and back into relationship with him and his flock. For that we say thanks be to God. Amen. If you're able, I invite you to stand as we recite the Apostles' Creed together, telling once again the story of what we believe. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. seated.